Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode. Uh, pretty exciting. Uh, got went to Falcon finally. Uh, I thought it was actually further than what it was. It was only like three and a half hours, and I guess I should have Google mapped it right because I thought it was like five or six. But since it's only three and a half hours, I'm gonna go fish Falcon more. <laughs> um, anyways, Mike Wabara, you're gonna hear him. I, I hope the guy didn't butcher his name again. But uh, anyways, if you're listening, I'm sorry, dude. I just don't have that. Even though I'm half Mexican, I don't have that that voice like you do to roll the R. I don't know, roll the R's or whatever. But if I did, I apologize. But uh, he invited me down. We went to Falcon. Uh, got there Friday afternoon, and it was blowing 30, 35 mile an hour winds. So we stayed in the Valenio all day to try to get out of the wind. Went and seen the main lake real quick and turned right around and... I was cool with that decision. I didn't have any ring gear on. I didn't feel like getting wet, especially when I seen like the four foot to five foot rollers out there on the main lake. I was cool with it, but uh, we had a great time. Um, it was fun for my first time. I'm definitely going to go back and get redemption on Falcon for sure this year. And we're going to, we're going to talk and we're going to break down Falcon a little bit. I'm going to be out there. If I do go, it's going to be for at least like three or four days because I want to get the full effect. And hopefully kind of meet up with some guides down there too. Uh, Rob Lopez, um, he he was on them though. He was on those white bass, that's for damn sure. Um, and honestly, I talked to about 20 to 30 guys already since Saturday, and all of them said like they couldn't get a bite at all. And there was a lot of guys down there fishing because they're pre-fishing right now for bass champs that's coming up pretty soon. But it was a good time though. Um, we did the podcast, uh, Mike talked about a lot of stuff uh he owns a screen printing company a screen graphics and uh, i'm telling you his work is phenomenal some of the best work i've seen in a very long time and if you guys need t-shirts done if your buddy has a company that needs t-shirts done let him know um he'll definitely uh definitely do does great work i mean he does and can't thank him enough for uh for everything he's done too, for sure. Uh, he actually helped me out with the cover six outdoors when I took the vets fishing, um, couldn't find a boat at the last minute. One of the other boats was not available. That said he was going to be available. And Mike came in in the clutch and took the vets out with me on an awesome day. That was a Memorial day. I believe pretty sure this last Memorial day. And, uh, that's where we met. And then that's how I became part of elite bass club. And, became friends so uh anyways it was awesome uh real quick before you guys listen to the episode just want to thank the supporters of the podcast i'm going to stop calling them sponsors because apparently i've had a lot of people say like i'm sponsored by rpg i'm sponsored by river to sea i'm sponsored by angler clothing no um rpg is a company you know hands down their local company i'm going to support them I started fishing their stuff because this is honestly what happened. One day I was fishing, ran out of wearable worms, and I ran out of zooms. Yes, I know it happened. Okay. But anyways, I ran out, had the RPG stuff, and I got some from the Basque tournament. I started throwing that stuff, and I started hooking up on better fish. Honestly, I'm not bullshitting you guys. 
So I was like, okay, screw it. I'm going to start throwing RPG. So that's why I started buying RPG stuff. Just letting you guys know. And since they're a local company, I'm going to support a local company. And they're cool as shit. And trust me, just go on Facebook, like them, like them and share their stuff on Facebook. And they're awesome people. So and they do like giveaways. I think every Thursday, every Thursday night at eight o'clock, they have a giveaway. So uh, go check them out. But uh, next, Outdoor Alphas on the south side of San Antonio off Rigsby Avenue. Go hit up Sam and Lino. They got all your fresh and saltwater needs. The only tackle shop in San Antonio. So go support them for sure. I say it every time. I'm not going to stop saying it. Uh, next, Angle Clothing Company. He got some new stuff coming out that looks pretty badass. Go check him out. AnglerClothingCompany.com Um... The Slab Slayer, White Bass. I know my buddy just went out and killed it again on Buchanan. This, go check out that slab for White Bass. I'm telling you, man. I, I need to get me some because I even seen him catch like a four and a half RG on that thing. And I got I got to pick me up some of them Slab Slayer slabs. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. I guess everything likes them. Crappie, White Bass, Largemouth, Catfish. I don't know. So... Anyways, just go check out the people I'm talking about and uh, support local, honestly. Even if you don't do that, just uh, just support local companies, okay? If, you, if that's one thing y'all can take away from this. Support your friends. I mean, if your friends are selling t-shirts or starting their own clothing stuff, go support them. Uh, go buy a shirt. Go buy two shirts, you know? Whatever your your friends are doing, just help them out, you know? And that's how you start building a local company up. So anyways, I'm going to stop boring you with all my talking and let you guys listen in. And also real quick, I just, all the messages about my father, uh, seeing if he was okay. I appreciate it. He's doing a lot better. I'm going to, at the end of the month, I'm going to California to see him and hopefully maybe fish for one day. I hope if not, if it doesn't happen, hey, it's in God's hands, right? But, uh, Definitely, I appreciate the hell out of it, and it, it kind of brought my spirits up a little bit, honestly. So, uh, anyways, here you guys go. Listen in. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Straight Bassin' Podcast. Uh, today we have Mike Guevara. Guevara? Guevara. Yeah. I can't, uh, dude. I always butcher it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, everybody good. asks, and I'm like, it's Mike. Mike G. <laughs> Mike G. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's the president of Elite Bass Club. It's also the club that I fish into as well. Um, so, welcome, dude. Thank you for inviting me to Falcon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and welcome to Casa Pescador, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get on him today, but uh, we had a good time. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow, we'll, dude. It, <laughs> tomorrow. Be, we'll have some pictures to show tomorrow. It's not going to blow 50 miles an hour <laughs> like it was today. Dude. Sustain 35 mm-hmm. like it was today. So. so, how'd you start fishing, bro? Um... Like we talked about earlier, I used to, I grew up skateboarding and stuff, and uh, I guess got started like mid nineties, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, used to skateboard all the time, and we used to go down to um, Louisiana to visit my uncle, in um, the Fort Polk, Louisiana. He was a helicopter mechanic, and uh, he got tired of us just complaining all the time. There was nothing to do down there because it would rain. So um, one day he uh, was brave enough to take me and all my cousins out fishing, and. Um, put us on some ponds over there and uh my cousins were like this is stupid this is dumb and 
I hooked into my first bass and changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> they flipped the switch. Yeah, it flipped the switch, it. man. So we were just using a, we were just using um, just boppers with with uh, night crawlers, and then I hooked into my first fish. And uh, next day he was like, "Hey, any of you boys want to go out again?" And all my cousins were like, "No, that was dumb. I don't want to fish anymore." And I was like, "Yeah, dude, let's go out." And he started showing me like how to fish with artificial baits, and like I said, ever since then, I think I was probably like twelve or thirteen, and. Um, my on my mom's side of the family, they were all fishermen, but they would fish like brown and calabettas. They'd fish all, you know, for redfish and catfish mm-hmm. and all that. So I would go out there with them, but I never really got into it. It wasn't until I hooked into my first bass that so I was like, oh, damn, that's yeah. pretty exciting. <laughs> like cliche, like tug is my drug, right? Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, for real, tug is yeah. my drug, yeah. So like I said, my grandparents on my mom's side and my uncles, they're all good anglers. And um, I have a good uncle, uh, call him B. His name's Juan, Juan Valdez. Um, like the coffee guy, <laughs> but, uh, he's the one who taught me about boating and taught me, you know, trailering and boating techniques and tactics and all that stuff when I started getting into boats. But, but as far as bass fishing, it was on my, on my dad's side. Yeah. So, but yeah, Louisiana, Fort Polk changed That's... my life. <laughs> <laughs> right. And how yeah. old were you then? Like... Uh, I want to say I was 12 or 13, maybe yeah. a little bit younger. Yeah. Probably 12 or 13, man. Maybe Somewhere around there, probably like 92, 93, somewhere around there. Yeah. So, don't, yeah. Don't try to date yourself, though. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know, yeah. It's been, it's been, a, little, been a while, dude. So, but yeah, it was it was good, man. We just, like I said, then the, the next day, I mean, there's water all over Louisiana, so we started hitting all the spillways, and he took me out to Toledo Bend, and we rented a boat, and it just, it was, you know, we just had a good week of fishing. So, it was good, I mean, really good memories of me and my uncle. So, he's still around. He just, he, he works out of the country right now. He's still working on helicopters and stuff like that. So, yeah. cool, dude. So That's what's up, dude. Yeah, that was cool, that's man. That's what's up. Yeah. So, what, how did you even start with Elite? Um, well, shoot, man. I remember I was, uh, as far as Elite goes, I was there uh, for the first meeting. Uh, my buddy Marcus, Marcus Qualls, uh, me and him would fish together quite a bit, and we were fishing um, Choke Canyon back in those days a lot, Choke Canyon in her glory days, um, um, Medina Lake, a lot of the Friday nighters, um, and then I was pretty young still, then I remember I met Marcus at an academy, and he got me into tournament fishing, so uh, I'd fish Medina quite a bit, just fun fish, and then... Um, and then he was telling me that there was a, you know, I talked to him about bass clubs. I was like, ah, the bass club thing is kind of lame, dude. Like, it's a lot of politics and all that stuff. But then he told me that this new club was starting up. And um, he had a buddy named Will that worked at uh, at Bass Pro Shops. And he was trying to start, like, a, a just a just kind of a different kind of club, you know, um, to where it was just like, I mean, I, I think in the early days, um, it was really... I mean, that's kind of our motto is like, we just want to fish. Like we were yeah. about the politics and the bylaws and, you know, trying to get too bass clubby, I guess, if you want to call it. And, uh, so yeah, I was there at the first meeting at, you know, it was, it, uh, met Will and a few of the other guys and they were all kind of, you know, looking, they wanted to get together and fish and, but they were trying their best to not call it a club, but it just, it's a club is what it was, you know, but we were just trying to have a good time, you know, um, so yeah, our, I remember, still remember to this day, our inaugural, our inaugural tournament was on Choke Canyon. We talked about it earlier when we got in that nasty storm. <laughs> <laughs> you can speak on it, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. We yeah. like hearing crazy stories. Oh yeah, yeah, right? yeah. No, I remember. I had I had a, I had a few tin boats early on, uh, bass tractor, and I had a Lumacraft. I had an Odor Express, so a few smaller boats, and then I finally got a, my first champion was an eighteen one. It was a 99 or 90, something like that, maybe 2000, hmm. 18-1 champion that I found on Craigslist. 
And uh, that was my first time taking it out. I didn't know anything about the boat. And I remember uh, that was our first tournament. Uh, Mark, I fished it with Marcus Qualls. And uh, we got there super calm in the morning. All of a sudden, this nasty storm blew through. I mean, crazy lightning. I remember we, we got the boat off the water. I remember that's where I met Jesse Robles and some of those guys. Um, he's still in the club. Um, obviously, Will, uh, Marcus, Tony. A um, bunch of the guys are still in the club. And... Uh, we, uh, shoot, man, I'm trying to think of how it all went. I, try, I remember getting there, it was super calm, but we could tell a storm was coming, and, um, but it, it, finally the storm hit, we got off the water, a few guys got out of the water, some people were far out, so they had to, you know, just weather the storm, and, um, and then I remember the storm passed, and it was, it was dead calm, like we talked about, you know, and it was, uh, dead calm, and I was like, alright, cool, man, let's try to use this boat, you know, so we shot from Callahan all the way across to North Shore, um, and I remember we're at North Shore and we just see this wall of like 40 mile in a wind <laughs> and like rushing across the lake. And then we were just stuck there like in three foot rollers. And then that was probably like at maybe, man, if I'm trying to think right, like 11-ish, 10, 30, 11, you know, after that first initial, that, that thunderstorm rolled through and the cold front was right behind it. Um, and uh, yeah, it was crazy. We were just there. I remember we hooked into a few fish. I think Marcus had a small limit. I had maybe one or two fish. Um, I never really driven a boat before, and uh, <laughs> I remember it was going to be about three o'clock, and Mark was like, "Dude, we got to roll back." And I was like, "Damn, um, I'm not too sure if I could drive through this, dude." And he was like, "I remember he put his wetsuit on and zipped up, and it was a dual console boat." And then I remember him just pointing like towards Callahan, just like <laughs> go there, go that way. <laughs> and I was like, "Dude, I don't know how to drive in this stuff, man." And I remember just you know. Man, to the best of my memory, you know, I've been in some gnarly stuff, but I, I want to say, you know, three, four foot rollers, and uh, I. Well, it's know. a champion, though. Yeah, it's a champion, man. So but it was like, an eighteen yeah. foot champion. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I mean, the, it took it. The, it took the it took the water good, and and I just pointed in the direction he told me, and I didn't really know the lake that good, and then uh, we shoot. Luckily, we ended up back at at uh, at Callahan in one piece. <laughs> For weighing, right? <laughs> For weighing, yeah, yeah, exactly. Did I get to weigh in. No, I had. I think maybe I had one or two. I think Marcus had a small limit. I remember a guy, uh, this guy named Chad. I can't remember his last name, but he he ended up winning that one, like on a on a six XD or like a deep diving crankbait or a rattle trap. Um, but it, it was it was good times, man. It was uh, that's kind of I remember that's how the club got started and. Uh, um. Will ran it the first year, and then we had a guy named Buddy come in and, and run it after that. And then uh, I took over probably like three or four years ago. Uh, we lost Buddy. And then um, and the club, I mean, it was a good group of guys. Everybody was having a good time. The, the club, everybody was chilling. Um, and we were just, we really had kind of that name that we were just, uh, just uh, we just wanted to fish. You know, we weren't about, like I said, all the bylaws and getting real technical on, on we just, pick lakes we go fish we throw down money and we're pretty loose too even to this day like we don't yeah. you just show up and then you know just an honor system kind of you know as a club grows it's kind of harder to do some people have an issue with that but that's just the way we've always been like you basically pay it away and people are like oh what, what if people they split or whatever or they just they don't catch a bag and then they just head out we haven't really everybody's pretty honorable though dude. yeah i mean like, for the most I, part I, I feel like the fishing community most people are you know what i mean like we got guys that worry about, you know, people cheating or whatever. But I think for the most part, like you're saying, people are pretty honorable and they'll show up and fish. So, yeah. And if they don't, then, then you know, they won't, they won't be welcome back. You know what I mean? Like if they try to pull that on us or whatever. But to this date, I mean, the club's been around, shoot, man, I want to say 10 years now. I think we started back in like 
2010, 2009, somewhere yeah. in there. So the club's solid 10 years old. Like I said, I think I've been running it for like three years now. So, and it's, it's good, man. It's just, you know, it's, it's growing too. It's like, growing a lot, man. We had a lot of members sign up last year. Participation is still tough, you know. Um, yeah, but we got, you know, we usually pull, you know, anywhere from, you know, 10 to 15 boats, you know, if they're, you know, in our bigger tournaments, Falcon, Amistad, you know, even Medina Lake pulls a lot. Sometimes we'll have up to 35 members at a tournament. But yeah. last year, I think, registered we had a little bit over 70 members yeah. but you know to get that many people to show up to each tournament was kind of tough yeah. but um but it was good yeah it's definitely growing and it's a good time we have a really good open in medina every year um that's that's a good that's a really good time um uh, i think this is our third or our second do you remember what we posted on our <laughs> third, third. <laughs> it's our third annual third. yeah I, now, fi- I fished the one i fished uh, the first and the second one the third i missed Oh, okay. I was All right. an Amistad. You're an Am- oh, that's right. You're an Amistad this year. Okay. And, uh, no, that's all good. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't miss a whole lot. <laughs> Actually, this year was good, man. The first two years, I think it was one and one or two fish. And this year, yeah. everybody brought in limits, and it was right there at, you know, the 9 to 10-pound mark. So you just had to – and actually, the guys who won, I don't even think they had five fish. They had four and, like, a, a kicker, like a six yeah. or a seven-pounder or something like that. So but that's Medina, you know. Medina's that way. I mean, you could win with one or two fish, you know. But it's so. picking up, though. Oh, yeah. It's definitely picking up. There's Medina's. a lot more of those two, threes, fours coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Uh, just We were just at, you know, my buddy Marcus and I think a guy named Dan. Dan Carmony, I think is his name. He runs uh, the Medina Lake uh, Bassmasters. Hmm. And they, uh, they do – in the fall, it's a good time where they do, I think, every other Sunday. So the first one will be on the 12th of this year. So the Medina Lake Bassmasters, 40 bucks per team. And, you know, we usually have 15 to 20 boats show up. It's, yeah. it's a good time. So um, I did that one right after our Lake Travis tournament and uh, almost had a back-to-back. But then, of course, my buddies Marcus and Tony <laughs> knocked, knocked me out of first by a few ounces. So. You had a great Travis tournament. Oh, yeah. Like, Travis is... Hands down, man. Like Yeah, yeah. I give it to you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, man. And I, and it, you know, and I put time in, you know. Um, me and uh, Greg went out there a few times. Uh, me and, um, what else did I go out there with? I think I went out there with my buddy Weston one, one day. Um, might have went once by myself. So, yeah, man, just putting in time and just, uh, I always feel like practice is just eliminating water, you know. Yeah. And, and getting to, and sometimes not even productive water, but just water that you have confidence in, you know. So, you, how, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. So, when you go to a lake, like a new newer lake, I mean, not saying that Travis is new to us, but yeah, how do you break it down? Um, like your quick, quick little tips to break it down. You don't have to go in a full dip, but just yeah, yeah, for, yeah. The, for the listener that's listening that doesn't really know how to break down a lake yeah. as efficient as we do, to like give them quick little tips. Yeah, well, I would. I think Google Maps is huge nowadays for yeah. new water. You know what I mean? Uh, Google Maps just because you can see the the timelines and the different water depths. You know, um, and not just a general Google Maps. That's the other thing, like. And I'm like a, not a real big like map nerd or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even my electronics. I mean, I know them pretty well, um, but I know some guys who study a lot and know their graphs really well. And I I, I know enough to get me by. Um, but yeah, I think Google Maps is good. But I guess the Google Earth, the one you download, you yeah. know, because then you can see the different time frames, you know, and that way you can see some of that structure that's there, you know, when the lake was low and when it comes back up. Um, but then just breaking down water, I think it's. Um, um, you know, looking for basic stuff on your graph, like act- activity on the graph, like bait, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, um, like I said, man, I mean, really Google Maps and then just looking at my graph a lot, you know, just looking for those contour lines and trying to think about the fish are going to be doing at that time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, sometimes I feel like the textbook thing doesn't work a whole lot on, on yeah. our Texas lakes. Just, Texas is just always fluctuation. hot. And it just changes yeah. in the water levels. Travis changed a lot. 
So, um, but yeah, as far as breaking down new water, I, I, I feel like if I, if it's a brand new lake, I'll hit up Google Maps for sure. Um, check on my electronics and then obviously with YouTube, the social media, just try to do some general searches on the lake and see where people were, might be doing well and at least get an idea if it's an offshore bite or if it's going to be a shallow water bite. We typically go to Travis um, in the wintertime, you know, or at least cold weather, like fall to winter, you know, January even. Um, and we're always there in December, seems for like the last three years. And to me, it's just, you know, it's they're, they're up on them, them bluff walls. You know, you yeah. parallel those walls and you can catch fish all day long. Definitely. So, um, so that's how I approached Travis. I mean, the first few times we went there, it was just, it was just that, just paralleling the walls and, and just looking for fishy stuff, man. I feel like that's, you know, trusting your gut and that is just looking for stuff that looks fishy, you know? Um, and then looking for productive looking points. And you, when I say productive, I feel like there's activity at least on the points. If I'm going to back off a point and spend some time there, it's because you see bait moving around or some darting action underneath you or, or, you know, sometimes not, you know, some, sometimes, you know, people are, I know guys that will be like, oh, I don't stop on a point unless I see activity. But I, I think sometimes, you know, like places like Travis or even here at Falcon, you get these big rock piles and big rock points. There's such big boulders and rocks on there that the fish are hugging so tight to it, you won't see them on the graph. You know right. what I mean? So, um, you know, me and Greg, a few months back, I think it was July this year, we had, you know, two 30-pound days here at Falcon. And we graphed those spots a lot, and you never saw the fish, but they were in they were tight. in the rock piles. They yeah. were tight in there. Yeah. So, and you almost had to aggravate them into getting out of the rocks and biting. So, I don't, I'm not a big believer, like, if I don't stop on a spot, mm-hmm. if I don't see activity on the graph. Sometimes if it just looks really... If it looks right, um, then I'll stop on it. Yeah. So, but that's kind of how I break water down, man. And just that looking for productive stuff, looking on Google maps and I, and then stopping on stuff that I feel is fishy. You know I mean? yeah. and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like we talked about on the way down here, it's like nobody catches them all the time, man. So right. you spend as much time as you want. So I, I'm a, I'm a big believer in that too, is just really trusting where you have like just baits and like, you know, I feel the same way about colors of baits and, and kinds of baits it's really you got to have confidence in it man if yeah. you don't have confidence in an area even though if it's all textbook you know then it's it's usually pants out you're not going to catch fish right. <laughs> it's confidence in yourself too. yeah sure yeah. there's some guys that way overthink it and oh they, sure it it drops them from where they're at on the high just to a low automatically yeah. you know because yeah. they're way overthinking it yeah 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 exactly um so yeah but travis is fun man we so like i said i, I did some pre-fishing over there and I, travis just a fun lake dude um, and, uh, just, you know, found some productive areas and then, you know, we talked about it a little bit, me and Greg, what we wanted to do. And then, uh, and then we got out there and, and, uh, we we're just fortunate. And I, I, I swore, and that's why I guess you can get back to trusting your gut. Like, like, dude, I don't throw enough buzz bait. I know buzz bait is a good cold water bait. I know it's a big water bait. So I told Greg, I was like, dude, I'm going to throw this the first 30 minutes of the day. Like I'm not putting this bait down because I know I can catch fish on it. Caught him in the past and then started off with a buzz bait, probably the first three or four casts. And Greg, you know, he's got his uh, YouTube channel. You can see it on there. So in the background, you hear the buzz bait clacking, you yeah. know, click, 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 click. And we just got to the spot and I was just like, dude, put down that buzz bait. And <laughs> I've been killing him on that chatterbait for the last few years in the wintertime. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a, I guess, I think it's called the, per, it's a perch color. It's green pumpkin perch looking. It's got like an orange bottom and green on top. Mm-hmm. Um and then we just passed in front of this point, and I was coming up on a bush, and I was like, "Dude, just put down throw that, in there. yeah, throw in there <laughs> one, t- throw in there one time with the chatterbait, like you, you know, you done in practice." And that's when I hooked into that. I think it was like a seven-seven or something like that. Yeah. So it was, it was a good fish. Definitely. And uh, be mine. <laughs> I saw you on the way down here, dude. I'm yeah, I know. So yeah. proud of myself. I know. <laughs> I remember you, you weighed in before us, and they were like, 
you pulled out that four. It was like a four pounder, right? Yeah, like four eighteen. Four eighteen, yeah. And then they were like, "Hey, you might want to throw that in there, big, big fish." I'm like, "Oh man, I have to break this guy's heart." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at least it's you though. I wouldn't like whatever, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then they threw it on there. It's like, "Oh, good fish, four something." And then we Greg, played. Greg, I seen he pulled out. He pulled uh, out that, and I, as soon as I seen the head, dude, when I seen the draws on it. I was like, oh, that's, yeah. that's way over. Dude. It, it was like, a big fish, man. It was a good fish. It was a strong fish too. Tried to pull me in that bush, and then if you watch the video on Greg's channel, you know, <laughs> he missed the first uh, when he tried to land it with the on the net. It just popped right out. So and I thought for sure that fish was off. I didn't feel any weight. You know, I told you about it when we were driving down here. I didn't feel any weight, and then, but then you know, luckily. You know, it was just a split second. I was like, Dude, there's no weight on it. And then I picked up on the rod and I felt the fish on there. So, oh, shoot. Oh, there's Josh. Yeah. Let me, um. No problem. All right, you got it. All right, sorry about that. Took a phone call and beer All break. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now we got uh, We got uh, somebody down on the way to Casa Pescador, dude. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, man. So that's it. That's, you know, that was, that was like, or, you know, I guess that was our big fish of the morning, you know, and I was kind of talking, I guess, talking about just trusting your gut, you know. Um, I just felt like I needed to put that chatter or that uh, buzz bait down for a minute and just chunk a chatter bait at that, that yeah. bush, you know. And that seven pounder was sitting in there, you know. So, uh, and that's, you know, that's, I feel like that's what I always take. Anytime you're fishing against a good group of guys, you know what I mean, whether it's a bigger tournament or even at the club level, we got some good sticks and elite, man, some really good anglers in that club. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just, you know, we've been on, we've been catching limits every time we were there, but they were always, you know, 10, 12 pound limits at best. And, and it's almost every year, the person who catches a five plus, you know, that's like nice. I said, we've been there for the last three years, I think maybe even more, three or four years now. We've been at Travis in December. It's just a really good December well, lake. Not this time. <laughs> <laughs> Was it seventeen seventy seven? Uh oh that yeah, 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 exactly. Seventeen seventy seven is what we weighed in. So um yeah, we had that seven plus and then and then as soon as and then as soon and then I went back to my game plan, you know. As soon as I caught that like I literally Put the chatterbait down and pick the buzzbait back up and i think as you see it in this video too like the next cast was in between two rocks on the buzzbait and i caught a three pounder yeah. on the next cast you know so it just got good in a hurry and then we caught fish all day well that kind of busts the myth too like i laugh when i seen that yeah because people don't think like a topwater bite going on in that kind of cold weather oh you know yeah no. and some people don't like i talk to people and they're like why are you throwing like a topwater spook or like yeah. something like that in wintertime and oh, i don't know man honestly my opinion is like 45 and up you throw it yeah like, yeah, yeah yeah. there is a bite for it oh like, for sure the, the fish that come up they'll be the bigger bass you know honestly it'll be a so. dinker it'll be it'll be a decent size yeah fish. and that's the thing about throwing the buzz bait you know it's just like yeah if you're gonna get a bite on that that cold of a morning it was a foggy morning it was cold I feel like, you know, because I've caught them in the wintertime on those buzz baits. And you, again, you're not, like you're saying, you're not going to catch a bunch of small fish. You're not looking to fish for fun that day. You're looking for yeah. big fish. So I think I caught two more fish that morning, that three pounder and then probably like a two pounder. And then once the sun broke up and the, th and the fog lifted, we just started getting back to our standard game plan, which was the chatterbait, uh, square bill, and then uh, some medium diving. Like, I think he was throwing like a, it wasn't a striking, but you know, like into five XD. It wasn't yeah. quite six XD. Definitely not eight XD. Not deep divers, but like medium. Yeah. I was throwing a DT ten uh, crawfish color, and then he was throwing like a Bass Pro Shops. It was kind of weird. It had the same red and orange face, you know, almost like that chatterbait did. So, um, to me, they're on. You know, it's always a crawfish bite. But you know, anytime I'm at Travis and I'm doing well, I'm literally. You know, you got to be clicking. You know, you got to be tightened up to that. 
So those bluff walls too, where your 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 baits bouncing off them big boulders, you know, yeah. and if, and and if you're not making contact on that, it's it usually not getting bit, you know. Right. So uh, the fish were pretty active that day, actually. I know, like some of the fish, um, came out to grab the bait. I was throwing a big old one and a half ounce, uh, uh, uh spinner bait. I started off throwing a smaller spinner bait before Greg. I guess none of that video made it, but then I threw on that one and a half ounce just giant willow leaf, and man, I probably caught at least 10 keepers on that thing um none of them helped you know our bag but but it was just weird like they wouldn't touch that smaller spinner bait and that big old giant willow leaf <laughs> vibrating but and then i guess it kind of would make sense like even the chatter bait you know we talked about that a little bit earlier the way it vibrates you know right. so that big old one and a half ounce ledge buster i wasn't throwing on the ledges but it was just that commotion the com it, yeah. yeah just the amount of water was dispersing and <clears throat> excuse me um and that giant willow leaf, it I guess it would kind of mimic almost a, a chatterbait, just how much vibration is throwing off, and those fish were smashing it, you know. Yeah. So, but it, it was a good tournament, man. And Greg caught some nice ones on uh, on um, that medium diving crankbait, and me and him have been fishing together. I think the last six months of the year, we fished since you know we had that good falcon. Me and him, the first time me and him fished together, we caught two thirty pound bags together. So, so you're like my <laughs> back team partner, my yeah, team yeah. partner from now on. <laughs> I'll yeah, see. exactly. And then, uh, and then you know, he, he he records everything, so I have the luxury of going back and having a play-by-play -play the next day, right. you know? <laughs> or not the next day, whenever he posts, you know. Does it, so. does it feel like, like, playing back the video, does it feel like it helps you for, like, another lake and see, like, because, like, sometimes when I record myself, yeah. it'll be like, oh, I thought I did totally something different than, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. than what I actually did, yeah. whether it be slow down the retrieve or shake it too quick, like, too fast when i'm doing yeah. a drop shot you know or fishing too fast sometimes yeah yeah oh yeah no it's, it really helps to watch those videos man um and i've been fishing with a lot of confidence these man honestly the last year two years almost i feel like um and you know i've been catching fish and sometimes you don't always catch the right fish to win but i mean I'm, I'm, me and greg always come in with limits almost every tournament you know yeah. so like i said it always boils down to that kicker fish you know or multiple kicker fish you know if you if you're lucky enough but um um yeah i mean definitely some of the videos we watch and i think you know why didn't we start doing that a little bit earlier or um but i feel like man a lot of the the decisions and stuff that i've been making i've been fishing a long time like i said i got started in 93 and i started tournament fishing just even just with elite i mean that's been a solid 10 years and even before that i was fishing a little bit like i said my buddy marcus got me into tournament fishing man you know a few years before elite and i, I just got hooked man after yeah. At the, and the first tournament, you know, that's a funny story, too. I know your podcast is all about funny stories, yeah. you know. So, uh, yeah, like, I met him at a at an academy, and we've been talking, and he told me, you know, I'd see him at Medina every once in a while, and then he called me up one day, and he was like, hey, man, let's, uh, we got a Medina tournament, let's fish it. And then the, so the first, very first tournament I fished with him, we won that one. So we're catching him on Smalley Beavers, and, and that was a good time. So he's good, man. He's, he's a really good friend. I, I consider Marcus my mentor, you know, like he, um, he showed me a lot, you know, yeah. and he's, he's a really good guy to know. And he, he's a funny guy. Cause I, I, I say, I tell people if you own a, if you own a, a fishing rod, like Marcus knows who you are and you might not know it. <laughs> <laughs> right. You might not know it, but Marcus knows who you are and he knows where you live. <laughs> hey, he called so, me one day and I was like, how did you even get my number? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's when me and you met. He yeah. called me and he was like, hey, uh, this guy, Joe, he like he's taking vets out like, and I can't make it. You mind filling in? I said, yeah, dude, I'll, I'll do that. So um, so that's how me and you hooked up. So Mark, yeah, like I said, Marcus is one of those guys. He just puts people well, together. I dude. finally have you on. And to say thank you so much for that. I mean, oh, yeah. Last minute, you came in clutch, dude. It was 
like what I told you what at ten o'clock at night or something like yeah, that. Like, yeah. hey, we're launching at six thirty in the morning, so uh, yeah, yeah, you can be here. I appreciate the hell out of it, dude. Yeah, no, that yeah. was a good time, man. We had we had we had fun. Uh, what was the name of that association? Cover six. Cover six. There you go. So yeah, I met some cool people. I know there's a guy in town that still lives. Um, you know, he's around. He'll contact me every once in a while. Um, and then yeah, it was just a good time getting people out in the water. And so luckily, we were fortunate enough to put them on some fish too. Yeah. So um nothing giant um but yeah they all you know when you're looking into fish you know fish it often it's it's a good time yeah so every every bite counts on that one. Oh yeah <laughs> yeah hell yeah so that was a good time man i mean i, I can't remember the name of the host but he was super generous and oh, opening up his house bill, bill yeah. yeah and they cooked some really good breakfast and dinner and or brisket. lunch yeah brisket <laughs> for lunch can't so, go wrong with that yeah Texas, yeah right? <laughs> yeah oh yeah if you're barbecuing and breakfast you're gonna have a crowd there <laughs> So they were, they were real generous people too. Yeah, man. So, I mean, you know, we all got to do our part in taking care of our vets for sure, man. Like we wouldn't be doing this and, and, you know, I have a small business too, you know, and, and I just, you know, I come from a military family for sure. Like I said, even my uncle who got me into fishing, he was an Apache mechanic, you know, so worked on helicopters and his kids are, you know, almost all my cousins, like I'm, you know, I, I didn't get into printing so early. Like I'd probably be in the military too, but I just, I and, that, and that's what you do, right? You screen yeah. printing? Yeah. Yeah. I have a business called a screen graphics. Uh, been there, um, printing in San Antonio, my commercial location. We just turned 15 this year. So, uh, been doing that for 15 years out of our same location we started in. So we're fortunate enough just to expand that building that we have. Like we started off with half of it, which was like, you know, like 2000 square feet. And then um, about three years ago, we took over the full building, which gave us about 6,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. So we're not the, definitely not the biggest shop in town, but that was never my goal. It's always to be the best. You know what I mean? So we got um, quality and that's what counts. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. And that's what, um, you know, that's what I tell everybody. If they they get it done with us, they're going to get it done right. You know? So at least that's what we strive for. And I can't say every job has been a slam dunk and we print a lot of shirts. So (laughs) we're we're getting off on fishing. Like what what made you start screen printing? Um, um, man. Yeah. Even back that's like back in high school too. I uh, I was working at Hobby Lobby over there on and uh, you know off of Marbach Road, kind of west northwest side of San Antonio, like ninety and four and four ten, um, Hobby Lobby. And then I was into music back then. Like I told you, I grew up skateboarding and stuff. I was always into the music scene, punk rock and ska and just you know anything that was edgy. Like that's what I was into. Skated a lot. And then uh, so I got a job at the Hobby Lobby part time during high school. And then uh, after high school, um, I just, you know, I, I vibed with the manager and, and he asked me if I wanted full time. He put me in charge of the hobbies department with, you know, all the models and stuff like that, art stuff. And, and of course, there was a screen printing set there. So, and, you know, like I said, I was playing music in those days. So everybody was into patches, you know what I mean? So um, there was a little speedball screen print DIY set and got it, you know, took it out of my paycheck and took it, me and my buddies, and we just started messing around with screen printing, dude. And it was just like, it's kind of like hooking a fish, dude. I remember doing my first few prints, and it was just like, "This is awesome." It's right? awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you have a blank, you have a blank piece of fabric. You know what I mean? Whether it was a patch or a sticker or whatever, and and then you swipe a squeegee with some ink over it, and all of a sudden it means something, you know? Yeah. So that's how I approach every job. You know, it starts off as a blank, you know, and then uh, and you put something on it, and then all of a sudden you're sending a message to somebody. You know what I mean? So and then and t-shirts, man since then some pretty powerful messages man sometimes you know really bad stuff or really positive stuff but yeah man it's just like it's just funny how it's just a black t-shirt you slap some white ink on there with a certain letters or you know a certain phrase and either you got you know gold, <laughs> yeah either you got gold or you got hate or like it's just it's funny like how something so simple so anyway that's how kind of my take on screen printing it's just like 
you start with a blank canvas and then all of a sudden it says something, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I did that at Hobby Lobby and then, um, right after high school, I liked printing a lot. So I got a job at a commercial location and then it was kind of funny. Even that guy, uh, his name's John Sanko. He's, he's my old boss and I consider him a mentor just in life even, you know, mm -hmm. um, he, uh, he showed me the trade, you know, at, at a commercial level that when I started working there, we printed for the Spurs, for the San Antonio Zoo, for the, back then it was a Rampage Hockey, I don't know what our hockey team is called now, but just big accounts, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So again, I was into music, so I'd be like, hey, can I print, you know, for my band or I have some friends and want shirts? And he's like, nah, just stay after hours and do it. And then of course, you know, I stayed after hours and would do a few print jobs and all of a sudden I was making more in one night than, <laughs> than, than, you know, and I get it, that's just the way it is, you know, it's just... Um, but you know, luckily I had somebody enough that was nice enough to let me print, you know what I mean? Right. And taught me the trade and then, and then, you know, I, I took to it, I was good at it. And, uh, so when it came time, I told him, Hey, I want to start my own thing. He encouraged me. It's like, Oh man, like I was afraid to tell him at first. And then he was just like, dude, there's so much work in the city. Like have at it, man, go for it. You know what I mean? So, and he's still a good friend of mine. We still talk, we still, you know, call each other. He still runs his shop. I mean, shoot, I'm 15 at this point. They got to be, you know, in year 30, 35. Mm -hmm. So super cool guy, man. Um, really good guy. Um, but yeah, that's how I got into the screen printing. You know, he, he gave me an opportunity and, you know, I just kind of just grew on it. And uh, like I said, um, it just kind of turned turn just from a hobby to a passion and then to it into a, into a career, you know? Mm. So it's been fun. I've been, yeah. I, I, I love screen printing, you know, it's just, it's, I almost love it almost as much as fishing. <laughs> <laughs> well, coming from like an insider, like looking at it, like, yeah, as me, like, yeah, whatever you do, you do it to the fullest and the yeah. best extent. Sure. You don't, you know, no stone unturned. Sure. comes from you. And, yeah, yeah. And that's cool, dude. That's that's what the world needs. Appreciate it, man. That's yeah, it. thank you. Yeah, and then even at our shop, or at my shop, that's where we have our, our club, our bass club meetings. So, uh, one of our warehouses, so we have two production warehouses. One of them's jam-packed with stuff, and, you know, that's where we do all our production. And the second warehouse, we have one of our smaller presses in there. We run two automatic presses, a 10-color and a 6-color. Um, and then on, on the side where we keep our six color there's usually room for a few tables and that's where we get together and have our basketball meetings so and even the meetings themselves are i think we well not i think we only do them once a quarter now so we've changed stuff over the years like i said from what it got started we used to meet like every month at the bass pro shops nobody would ever show up I mean, everybody's busy you now it is um so same handful of guys were always there you know yeah um and then uh, you know we've just been trying to do stuff over the last few years just to encourage participation and and people to show up. And I think one of the things that's helped is we do quarterly meetings now. I mean, again, uh, with social media and Facebook, everything's right there anyway. Yeah. But it's good still to get together once a quarter. Yeah. And if, if nothing else, just to have a few drinks, eat some pizza and talk fish and then just kind of go over some club stuff, you know? Yeah. But our goal has always been um, like just basically that, man. We're just trying to fish. We're just trying to have a good time and, um, and do our best to not let it get so political. But like I said, again, once you get 70 members in there, um, everybody has an opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and, we, and they voiced, like you guys voiced every opinion too. Oh, yeah. Like, at our end of the year meeting. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. I, at one point I was like, wow, that's a lot, that's a lot to take in. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. It is. And, and like I said, that's always been the challenge, you know. And I think even like, you know, even Will, our founder, and like he's a good friend of mine. I think me and him fished like the first two seasons together, maybe even three seasons. So um they, that was always the goal you know and um and it's just to make it a just a really open you know shoot man all inclusive like i mean we just got 
people in our club just from all different walks of life, you know, mm -hmm. every ethnicity, every religion background, every just, we got some ex-thugs and convicts and we got, you know, just professionals, you know what I mean? Running big companies and, or, you know, it's, it's a cool, man. It's just cool because the only thing that binds us together is Big. chasing little green fish. You know what right. I mean? It's just crazy. Spending thousands of dollars. <laughs> spending thousands of dollars yeah. chasing little green fish. Yeah, for real. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for real. So, uh, and it's just funny because some of the guys that I hang with and some of the people that you meet, it's just like, dude, I would never be, and nothing against the person themselves. Once you get to know them, they're good people, you know? Yeah. But when you first hang with them you're like dude if it wasn't for fishing me and you would not be in the same right. room you know what I mean? right. but that's you know and that's a, that's the cool thing about fishing man it just brings yeah. people together you know what i mean and so, you fish with everybody too like, oh yeah, yeah man i love getting people on the boat you know what i mean it's just uh yeah I, I try to fish with a lot of people i mean i've over the years like i said even early in the seat in the in the club i fished with the will the first few years um and then uh there's a guy named lewis uh, i met him at a pond pond fishing with my son you know we used to do a lot of pond fishing in san antonio um he was a veteran and uh he had just been i guess discharged from the army he had gotten hurt in iraq and shoot man i want to say he fished with me like a solid three seasons you know me and him did pretty good together um and then i fish and then um then i met a guy named richard martinez he's one of my best friends um he uh when i met him we both had champion or we had you know we both had nice bass boats you know and uh it just happened to be that we were rolling in his boat more often. So we, uh, um, at that time I was looking to upgrade some equipment at the shop. So I told him, I was like, Hey man, we're always in your boat. You know, the worst thing to do to a boat is to let it sit, you know? So if this is going to be like, if we're going to be boyfriend and girlfriend, like <laughs> right, right. Let's, let's, let's make this official dude. So he's like, yeah, dude, move in. Like, you know, I was like, all right, you know, so I had a, a 203, a really nice 203 at that time. Um, uh, that's another story like about man I'm, I'm like i'm one of those guys who's always buying and selling stuff you know i'm that i'm that guy so but yeah like and then so i i had sold yeah i had those aluminum boats i had a nice bass tracker but i always find these deals man i always get a good deal and then people laugh or freak out because like i'll use them for a year and i i sell them for like twice what i bought them for <laughs> <laughs> the flipper yeah you know, I'm always flipping stuff you know so even that champion, it was a beautiful two or three. I just showed a picture to you when we were eating dinner today. Uh, and, uh, man, it's one of those things. I just saw it on the forums, and then nobody it. bought it. And then it sat for a while. And then finally, they dropped it to a price point where I was like, dude, I can do that. You know, so I went and bought it. I don't remember what the price was. I, mean, I think I ended up paying him, like, and that was my, at the time, my most expensive boat. You know, I think I paid, like, 14 and some change for it, you know. Um, and any of my boats prior to that were always, like, you know, five to... You know, if I started off, you know, my first boat was 500 bucks. Next one was 1200 Bought that bass tracker. It was a brand new bass tracker, too. I think I paid, like, 5200 bucks for it. I ended up selling that one for, like, 11000 you know what I mean? Mm. And I bought that Champion, that 18-1. I think I bought that one for, like, 7000 I sold it for, like, 13000 So, and even, like, my wife, when we, uh, when she tells me about my boats, you know, like, you can't say anything about my boats. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I go back and do all the math, I'm pretty sure I'm on, I'm on the up and up right now with my boat purchases. So. <laughs> Um, and even this last champion that I, so I sold that 203, I think I, like I said, I paid, I don't remember, 13 something. I sold it for quite close to 17. So I didn't make, but I, I used it for a year and I made, you know, three or four grand on it. I don't remember. Uh, some dude in East Texas bought that one. I posted it like for a day. You know, I thought I was asking for a lot compared to what I paid for it. And I had it on the forums for like a day and the dude was like, dude, I'll meet you tomorrow. Like cash in hand. I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> right. I'm All right. Champion, dude. Yeah. Right. And it was a beautiful champion. The guy that I bought it from just redid the whole boat. It was a 99. Had a, at the time, it, 
he, when he repowered it, it was a, a 225 Pro XS on it. When I bought it, it was just out, I think it had like six months left of warranty. And then, and then uh, obviously, I used it for a year. It was out of warranty. But, man, that boat was immaculate, dude. It was beautiful, redone inside and out. So, um, and I fished with Richard, and he had a two, he had, or he has a 206 champion. Man, me and him fished together for a solid three or four years. I think maybe even more than that. So we had some some really good tournaments, you know, down here in Falcon and uh, and you know Falcon or uh, Lake Austin's heyday. Me and him were on Lake Austin all the time and um, Dunlop, and we've had you know some solid days on Dunlop, you know, and um, thirty plus down pound days on Dunlop on crankbaits. Same thing at a. Uh, Lake Austin, yeah, here at Falcon. So just real good times, man, good people. And it's just like, yeah, I owe all that to the club, man. I would have never met any of these people if it wasn't for the club, you know? Um, and even, you know, I know you had Jesse Robles on, uh, like I met Richard through Jesse. Like it's just this little network of people. And like, like I said, if it wasn't for fishing, none of us would know each other, you know? Right. So it's just, it's, it's cool, man. It's a super cool community. You know what I mean, I'm, I'm just stoked to be part of it, you know? Yeah, so yeah, it's a good time. Go ahead and take a sip. <laughs> 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 Sorry, yeah. uh, you've been wanting to, dude. Uh, yeah, I'm just staring at my what, drink. What is dude. that? What kind of? Uh, just uh, whiskey and coke, man. It's kind of my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Always, yeah. Every yeah. meeting. Oh, every meeting, every dude. Every so meeting. if you guys want to come out, every meeting we have whiskey and coke. Oh, every meeting. and pizza. <laughs> and pizza. <laughs> whiskey, coke, pizza. I think and we also have water too for the non drinkers. We're not a. Well, I think we had shrimp the last time, right? Oh yeah. Who brought shrimp? I forgot. Uh, Ramon. Ramon Garza brought. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Like the guys who show up, man, they, you know, they, they get it, man. They're, and it's just, it's cool, man. He brought a big old platter of shrimp and we had pizza and wings and like, we just, we try to make it a good time, man. Life, life is tough. You know what I mean? Like I think, yeah, like we talked about, you got young kids and we're out there grinding every day. So, and, uh, and I think that's another big point of the club too, that we're just trying to like, you know, we all have enough drama and stress in our lives. Like the last thing you want to do is get to your club and then just have more drama and stress. Right. Like. And then I've told the guys that before and, and, you know, it's just like, dude, once this stops being fun, I'm out. Like if it just turns into drama, drama all the time, like, and that's why we got to try to keep it cool. And, uh, so, but everybody has their opinions, but you know, as a club, I mean, that's the thing. Like if you're a member, man, we vote, you know, and that's, yeah. that's what everybody says. Like, Hey dude, like it's not, if you don't like it, it's nobody's fault. Like, and if you want things to change and show up to the meetings, you know what I mean? So, because that's where you get to voice your opinion, you know? Right. And like you said, you were at the last meeting and it got a little loud. It got a little bit tense for a little while, but then, but I think you did see, right? Like once people kind of like, Hey, like let's vote. And then once people vote, then nobody walked out angry or mad. It's like, yeah. all right, well that's how the vote went down. So let's move on, you know? Mm -hmm. like, so the majority rules, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, but I think, you know, I don't think it's perfect. I don't think any of this perfect. You know, once you get 70 plus members, it's, yeah. There's always going to be some people that don't sure. agree on stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, and I hear about it, man. I get phone calls. <laughs> I get phone calls often, you know. Um, and I just try my best, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and that's all you can do, man, is just try your best, you know, in my business. And like I said, you know, we, we pride ourselves in being – I, I feel we're the best shop in Texas, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and dude, I, I feel we're one of the best shops in the world, honestly, you know, if, as far as our print quality – our customer service, but like, have I handled every order that I've ever printed perfectly? Like, there's no way possible. We do yeah. hundreds of orders a month. You know what I mean? Um, same thing with the bass club. You know I mean, but, but I can say without a doubt, we even talked about it a little bit. Like I'm, we're, I'm a straight shooter, dude. I have zero problems sleeping at night. Like mm -hmm. I have zero problems going to any lake or going to any print convention and not like watching my back. Cause I owe people money or I did somebody wrong or Mm -hmm. you know i jumped on somebody's fishing spot when i knew like they showed it to me and i snaked them or you right. know what i mean like i don't as far as i know i don't i don't have 
bad blood with anybody, man. And that's that's a cool. That's just and that's why I want. And I think that's how the club's been running here lately. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, like I said, you you've been part of it. It's been cool to have you around, dude. Um, and uh, but it's just you know we just try to keep it cool. That's that's a, that's a, that's all we can do, you know. Yeah. And I think one of the the last things that still gets talked about a lot is like. Oh, man, people don't know about like how y'all just pay at the end of the day. It's just like, dude, it's just that honor system. Yeah. You know I mean, like, no other club does that. And I'm like, well, let's vote on it, man. If people want to change, but then we vote on it, everybody's like, nah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we see, in two, we don't feel like, like waking up early enough. Right. Because you know, like, like, what happens? Like, I've been a part of clubs. <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> You're good. Uh, I've been a part of clubs to where uh, they're going like, you show up. Yeah. You know, you pay, and it's you know five a.m. You have to be there. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like no one wants to wake up at three in the morning to go yeah. to trap. You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody has to. That's what I'm saying. Somebody has to be there to do that. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, and that's what we that's what we just decided. The guys who are running the club and the guys who are making things happen. It's just like, again, just like we talked about. Like everybody's working all week, dude. Who wants to be that guy yeah. getting up at three to be there at five thirty to start taking payments? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and give it up to like Tony and and Marcus, dude. Sure. Like, you know they they cut their fishing time short. There's sure. still like thirty minutes left, and I see them coming into the ramp. Oh yeah, yeah, just, yeah. To, just to get set up for weigh-in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so like they that's time out of their fishing day, and they're still competing too as well. Oh yeah, competitors. Yeah, so, and very competitive guys too, man. Yeah, Great definitely. anglers, you know. So, but yeah, and that's the thing. Like, and so you know, you're not going to cut out thirty minutes of their day, and then also ask them or anybody else like, hey, can you also get there at four thirty so you can start collecting? Right. And then what are we going to tell the guy who had a blowout? You know what I mean? That's a club member that paid his dues. You know, like, hey, I had a blowout. Like, sorry, dude, if you don't get your dues in by mm-hmm. 8 o'clock, you're out. You know what I mean? And he's driving all the way down to Travis or yeah. Choke or whatever. You know what I mean? So, and that's kind of the honor system, dude. And that's the thing we tell people. If you're going to be late or whatever, or or if you're going to be on that water that day, fun fishing with your kids, you're not gonna, just let somebody know. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and like I said, I don't think we've had many problems with it, but that's always kind of voices the concern. What if somebody shows up and they just don't catch fish? You're like, dude, if you're on Medina, well, we're on Medina and you're part of the club and you decide not to weigh in and we're going to have, you know, we're going to have to discuss some things, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But it just hasn't happened yet, you know what I'm saying? So, and we'll, we'll, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there, you know? Yeah. So, but like I said, for, I think just as a fishing community, people are cool, man. And they're, mm-hmm. and it's a trustworthy bunch for the most part, you know what I mean? I can't speak for everybody, but, um, but uh, it's been it's been fun, man. We're, we're no, has, happy dude. to have you part of it, man. So and, and thanks for promoting us on your podcast and stuff, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> and like, yeah, that's what I think. Like, honestly, like small small business. I mean, it's a club. Sure. Uh, also, too. I mean, that's what I'm all about. You yeah. Know? Promote the club. Try to get more members. Try to, and the more members we have, the more competitors we're gonna have at these tournaments. Yeah. You know, like I want to show up to a, a field eventually where it's like 25, 30 boats Shoot, yeah. every time. You know, especially yeah. to get that. You know, thousand dollar payout, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. You know, that's, yeah, and that's when it needs to grow. Sure, and we're all a bunch of cool guys, dude. I mean, yeah, everyone talks. Everyone, you know, sends a text message here and there. Um, Clinton helped me out, put my graph in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Not even like really knowing me. You mm-hmm. know, uh, we met at one meeting, and it was kind of like a hi. You know, sure. My, my name is Joe. You know, yeah. And then it became like a friendship now because me and him talk all the time now. Yeah, yeah. You know, so and that's cool. You know, you got you don't think about like other people that fish as hard as you do until you show up and then it's like oh shit you know they might fish harder than you shoot yeah <laughs> oh yeah Clint is, Clint is a he's a stick man so yeah and i think yeah and that's like you're saying man it's just even that's how i met richard man i think when i first met richard uh i had an issue with that 203 that i had you know the the hot foot kick getting stuck you know and i didn't really know that well i think i fished with him once through jesse you know mm-hmm. and then um i didn't know how it, but next thing i know it's 10 o'clock at night and there he is working on my boat I was like, oh shoot you know right. And, you know, there's a lot of guys in the club like that, though, just, and 
nobody doesn't leave anybody hanging. You know what I mean, and that's the other thing too. I think that our get our this commendable about our club is that we share information. You know, yeah, um, a lot of information. a lot of information. Yeah, so and that's the thing. Like we want people to be successful in the water. You know what I mean? So we're a very competitive club, but at the end of the day, like you know, we're not gonna tell you what's what's going down that day. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the tournament, it'll be like, hey, the next time y'all come back, this is how we caught them. That way, you know what I mean? Like it's not just all tight lipped and. So I think that's, and that's how I've learned a lot. You know what I mean? See how these other guys fish and how they catch them and stuff, you know? Um, so I think people talk about that a lot. You know, they come to our meetings or they'll go check us out, you know, and be like, Hey, do y'all, everybody shares information like that? Like, yeah. And that's kind of like what it's about. And then it's not even, and it's just really wanting to see other anglers be successful. You know what I mean? Like we want, we love it. You know, when we see a new guy come up and catch fish or like somebody get better with their graphs or somebody learn a new technique, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it's all about is just, you know, I'm not, I'm not super old or whatever, but shoot, man, I've been doing it for a while. I'll be 40 this year. And, um, but you know, I think I talked to you about a little bit too, like early on, some of the first guys that I met, you know, Marcus was one of the coolest guys that I had ever met. And he shared and showed me a lot, but then you meet other people and it's just like, dude, I'm on 30 pound bags every day. Or like, you know, every time I go to Choke or Medina, I catch 40 plus fish. And I'm like, dude, what am I doing wrong? You know, <laughs> come to find out they're just full of it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody catches them like yeah. that all the time, you know? Exactly. So it's like, I mean, yeah, you go out there and you have good days and, you know, and then as you get better, you get on them pretty often. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'll catch something, you know what I mean? But, um, but I think I remember being that way, like seeing these guys with these fancy boats and these big graphs. And it's like, dude, these guys crush all the time. And then you get on their boat with them one day and you're like, dang. <laughs> what is that guy how does you know what is, what, he, what doing? is he doing <laughs> and then it's just like and then you and then you say so you just get confidence in yourself as a person so like that's what i try to instill into like new anglers you know what yeah. i mean or like people that get on the boat with me it's like dude just get out there and fish you know yeah. and then and you know you try to pattern them the best you can or imagine where they're going to be fish your gut fish whatever looks fishy or what looks seems right for that time of year but then there's some days where you go out there and do your best and it's like dude you got one bite you know yeah. like today like we're on falcon yeah, right. <laughs> what, what did we catch today? Nothing, you know? Skunk. Skunk, yeah. First skunk exactly. in 2020. Yeah, for real, right? First year for the year. We got skunk on Falcon, you know? So, but I mean, you know, but we have our excuse, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, was exactly. blowing, it was blowing 35 when we got pushed in the Bologna, oh, so. It was a white cap, dude. It was, it, it was, it was rough. Bad. Yeah, it was rough for sure. Um, but, get, but, but getting back to the, the new angler situation. Cause yeah. Because being a part of Alamo Bass, and I see new anglers come yeah. every day. I, I get messages every day. Okay. And some of them are some of them are great. Some of them are not good. And most of them, though, that are bad, are they're intimidated. Mm-hmm. They're intimidated by the guys that are just catching these bags. And then you know it's kind of hard too with social media mm-hmm. because you got guys like on two ten fishing. You got guys on you know unfortunately animal bass and that I'm a part of. Yeah, that'll like kind of you know talk shit for a lack of better terms. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that. that I think honestly in a fishing community that we have in San Antonio that has to stop so we can be able to grow the, the newer anglers out sure. there because not everyone's going to catch them the right way. Yeah. And people need learning. I mean, when I first started fishing like for bass, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Sure. You know, yeah. I was using trout setups to try to catch bass. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And didn't even know how to tie Palomar knots. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And now I've grown so much as an angler, you know? Yeah. So I think that that has to stop and we have to do a better job. As people, I mean, not saying you, mm-hmm. but as general, yeah, as, as, community, as, yeah. yeah, and do a better job at that. Yeah, and I would, I would say to those younger anglers, if you run into guys like that, man, there's guys that aren't like that. You know, I mean, you yeah. said just brush them off and then just find people who are cool and they'll take you under their wing or show you some things. You know, 
Like you're saying you met guys like Clendon, you know what I mean? You say hi once, next thing you know, he's helping you install a graph. Yeah. Like those, those anglers are out there, you know. The other guys that don't say anything or just act like they're too cool. Like, I mean, there's a group of guys that I ran into, not even that, you know, not that long ago, you know what I mean, that just felt like, dude, what did I, you know what I mean? Like, what did I do to those guys? I mean, they were just mm -hmm. too cool. They're just like real clicky and they're, they're just like, it's whatever, you know. And, um, but it's like, but then, and then the, I met the, these, all these other anglers that are just, and they just, they do whatever, you know, they'll share information, they help you with your boat, they'll, you know, nobody's gonna leave anybody on the side of the road, like, just, you know what yeah. I mean, like, it's just, it's just a really cool group of guys that we got, you know, yeah. so, you know, to your point about that, I'd say if you're a young angler and you're in those forums and somebody makes you feel that way, that's not the way most of the community is, you know what yeah. I mean, um, so, and then, um, and then also, too, like you're saying about that stuff, man, fishing is very expensive, you know, and a lot of us, you know, we talked about it today, just being on budgets and trying to make fishing trips happen on the cheap um you know just try to keep it basic and simple you know what i mean like i mean fish fishing's not that complex and I, and I think as you know you get started and you have one or two rods and you do okay and then all of a sudden you have 30 rods and all of a sudden you can't catch fish it just you get mm -hmm. into your head we talked about a little bit you know just all the podcasts all the information social media everything just bombards you it's just like man just fish your strength you know yeah. fish what you're good at keep your base basic you know i, remember, I always remember reading this a uh, bass master article uh, I'm not like a big reader or anything, but I'm, I'm, I'm I was a big Todd Burkloff and I still am. Like he seems, he seems like a cool guy, a good angler. I'm sure other people have other opinions about him. I don't know him other than what I saw on the trail, but I remember, um, reading a Bassmaster article on him and they were talking about, like, Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah, fair cloth. So what's your favorite color? Uh, green pumpkin, uh, green pumpkin. What? Uh, just straight green pumpkin. What about if you're throwing a big worm? Green pumpkin, you know, like green pumpkin what? <laughs> green pumpkin handy, green pumpkin red, not just straight green pumpkin. Yeah. Oh, if you're flipping like beaver style baits, what's your favorite color? Green pumpkin. Like, <laughs> there was nothing exciting about that interview, right. but it was kind of funny because I remember even hearing after that, there was some backlash from his sponsors. Like, dude, like we need to sell more baits and green pumpkin. <laughs> right. like, we didn't even make green pumpkin. Like, but it's it was just cool because he's just like I to me in my head, I don't know the dude. He's just being honest. You yeah. mean like, dude, I, I don't need green pumpkin candy red with a little bit of pepper in it like just give me green pumpkin baits and i'm gonna go to work you know what I mean? yeah so um so you know i think that's what it is too man just keeping it basic and simple you know kiss method yeah, yeah right? <laughs> keep it simple yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh it's uh yeah so that, that's that's cool man that's the club and and the business and all that stuff man i just try to keep it cool and keep it level-headed and, and most of all, at the end of the day, especially the club and, and business as much as possible, just keep it fun, you know? Yeah. Once it's not fun, it's like, you, you only get to do this this life one time, you know what I mean? Right. If, you, if you ain't having fun or if it's stressful, then find something else to do, man. Right. We live in a free country. Nobody's nobody's putting a gun to my head and be like, you're going to run elite or else. Like, right. you, know, I, you know, I'm part of the club because I feel like I'm appreciated and, you know, I get along with most of the guys. And I think, like I said, they appreciate what, what we do as a club and they have fun and like I said, and it's cool meeting all these different people from different walks of life, man. It's just, it's a really good time. Yeah. So let's get into some boat stories. Right? Let's <laughs> yeah. get some stories where you're like, I almost died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely that one time with Marcus at, uh, at Choke. That said, when we ran, I mean, it was just weird. I mean, I, I just didn't know enough, man. Um, and, um, and then, like I said, it calmed down. I mean, it was a crazy storm and then it just, you know how it is. It just went dead slick. And not like two minutes later, we rolled out. I feel like we fished that area close by the bow ramp for maybe an hour. And then, uh, and then we, uh, we headed out to North Shore. And he was like, man, let's go to North Shore. I've been getting bit over here. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And then rolling back in four <laughs> foot rollers. And, you know, and then not, and especially, I think that story is, 
It might have not even been that bad, but in my head it was because that's the first time I'd seen big water like right. that. Like I was still in Utah, like the biggest lake I'd ever. I remember Medina was a giant lake to me, you know what I mean? Coming yeah. from pond fishing. And then all of a sudden I'm in four foot rollers and I've never even been in, in a, the ocean. <laughs> in the ocean, yeah. Like choke, and then, choke is big, dude. It's big, choke man. Is... And, uh, and there's a lot of hardwoods on it too, yeah. man. So I remember like even rolling through that and just like the boat coming down and seeing hardwoods next to me. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die, dude. <laughs> so, um, that was that story for sure. And I remember when we finally got to the other side of the lake, you know, into Callahan where everything kind of toned down a little bit. I was just, I couldn't believe we made it. And the, the craziest part of that memory is just that seeing my buddy Marcus there, like cooped up underneath, <laughs> like it was a dual council boat. And he was just underneath there, like with the stuff pulled over his head and he pops up out of there and he's like, oh damn, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> and the more experienced I know, one, right? yeah. I was like, hey, why weren't you driving, man? Um and then, uh, yeah, and so they're and definitely on, on Falcon for sure, uh, here on Falcon. I think it was the city tournament of, uh, man, it was one of the last ones. I remember for a lot of years we went to Amistad because Falcon was so low. Oh, I it was low because of the money, you know, uh, Del Rio gives them a lot of money to go over there. But it was one of the last ones, and I'm sure people who fish it remember, but we had a freak storm, you know, just in the middle. It was a nice, beautiful day, and all of a sudden this storm just rolled out of nowhere, and that might have been like a, I remember the tent, all the way station just got destroyed. So we were, we were fishing the Salado, me and my buddy Lewis and, uh, Salado and kind of the beacon area. We had gotten on a really good bite. I remember my buddy Lewis weighed in three fish for 21 pounds that day. He whooped me from the back of the boat. Um, we were just throwing mag flukes, you know, mag flukes with half ounce weights. That's kind of one of my go-to baits here at Falcon. And uh, just crushed him, dude. I mean, he just, every time I turned around, he had a seven-pounder on us. Like, dude, what's going on? <laughs> and that city tournament, that metro tournament, it's individual, you know, so those are his fish. And I weighed in a solid bag. I think I had like 13 or 14 pounds for three fish, but it wasn't 21, you know. I didn't <laughs> get to hoist up three seven-pounders, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and but I remember we had those fish, and we were coming in from like Salado, or, or uh, yeah, Salado, and then that's when that storm hit. And we, again, kind of like the, I was saying that story at Choke, Remember, we were just looking, it was a south wind, it came from the south, there was a storm that came from the south, and we were just looking down lake, you know, Falcon runs almost exact north and south, and I remember seeing this, like, wall of, like, white rolling, I don't know what it was, dude, and all of a sudden, we just got hit with the first wave of that, and, <laughs> and it was real, it was like that, and I want to say there was probably five or six foot rollers, and I was in that 18-1 champ, too, with, with my buddy Lewis, and we were, uh, I just remember looking to the front of us and behind us and just seeing blue water and looking up and seeing the sky. Oh, and I remember my buddy Lewis throws his, you know, he gets his life jacket and he gets tucked under his and starts yelling, we're going to die. It's like, dude, we're not going to die, man. So I remember trying to make it into, uh, into the Valenio, but that wall, I mean, those rollers are just, I mean, they're, I don't know how to explain them. I and it was like, it was like the deadliest catch, dude. We were just like in between walls of water. And, uh, the and, theme song playing as you come <laughs> in, dude. <laughs> it was crazy, man. Yeah. And then um, we were going to just beach because I think a uh, city, I guess you could trailer because I think we launched at Beacon because we were mm. staying there at Beacon. And then I just couldn't, yeah, I felt like if I, and then also the lake was low and then the Villennial Point, there was a bunch of hardwoods. And uh, I just remember thinking like, I don't want to get, take that left too soon and then get on a wave and get dropped on some hardwoods and put a hole in my boat, you know? Yeah. So I remember just turning around in between a wave and trying to time it exactly right. 
And I remember the boat getting on top of a wave and almost feeling like it was going to get flipped over. And then luckily we made it through it. But I remember that was one of the times where I was like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be bad. <laughs> this is going to be bad. Yeah. So, but uh, we, we got out at Beacon and went in and waited and waited his fish and waited my fish too. But like I said, my, the memory from that one was like, I remember his last seven pounder he hooked, it was like right when that storm rolled in and it was like lightning striking around us. And he was like, just looked over and his rods doubled over. It's like, dude, are you serious? Another one, dude? And I had another seven pounder for him and I'm like, God dang, dude. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy, dude. Um, what yeah. about PBs, man? Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Um, I just uh, shared with the with the club and we have a group me like we talk a lot of smack on the group me and just you know share information and and get stuff but yeah my uh, uh, my wife just got me a uh, a uh, what do you call it a mount mm. of that that part of that thirty pound bag that me and Greg caught was a ten eighty four here at Falcon on a, and a eight XD so that's how we pretty much caught all of, I think one of those fish that we weighed in was on a mag fluke like I said a half ounce uh, that was on the excite baits they have a uh, like a ledge buster, like a uh, a big mag shaky head, you know, mm-hmm. one of those, uh, one five pounder was on that. And I think everything else was on deep diving crankbait, six X and eight XDs. We threw the tens a little bit. I'm not, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in them yet. Um, yeah. But honestly, the fish didn't bite them. It was either the six, but the main bait they got bit was the eight XD. So I had that 1084 that on Sunday, he had his, his big fish on Saturday was like a nine, seven, eight, nine eighty, somewhere around there, a heavy nine, you know. Yeah. And then, so I, I was for sure that was a big fish of the tournament. And then uh, we went out Sunday morning, um, just hoping to put a bag together. Like, oh, we don't want to catch thirty pounds in zero the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how that happens, man. So we got out to the spot and shoot, man. We uh, and that weekend too was blowing. You know, I was telling you we were throwing. And yeah. that, I think that's why we're throwing some of those bigger crankbaits too. Those have the eight XDs and stuff because we could cast them into the wind. You know. Right. And, uh, so shoot, yeah, man, we, uh, get back out there. We catch, I think we weighed in like 30 and some change on Saturday. We had some, de- a couple of dead fish. It was July. It was super hot. Um, and then, uh, so I had that 1084 that day and then we come back, I think not in, that was in J- July. We came back in August, I think, or that was June. We came back in August and I caught, followed that up with like a 917, but my personal best, uh, like I guess all time, was early on at Choke Canyon. Uh, had an eleven three out of Choke. Damn. Yeah, so eleven three, and that was again with my buddy Marcus. What was that on? Uh, six inch green pumpkin red lizard. See? Green pumpkin, dude. <laughs> green pumpkin. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> green pumpkin. It's right in the red in it, but <laughs> straight green pumpkin. It was a six inch lizard, and uh, again, me and my buddy Marcus, we used to have some stellar days at Choke, and uh, we were just fishing there. So I remember those days, and you didn't have to turn on your big motor. There's just good grass beds everywhere, and we just flip into the grass beds, and uh, and uh, yeah, and we yeah you know, we'd take off six o'clock in the morning, get on the water by six o'clock in the morning, and we're off the water by one. I'd have to have him at work at academy by like three o'clock, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, so yeah, those are good days. But I caught on eleven three there, and then I got a couple of two tens out of uh, Falcon. I got a ten out of uh, uh, Amistad, and then. Um, I didn't put them on scales, but pretty sure I'm a 10 out of Austin and then uh, and a couple of nines out of uh, Dunlop. Dunlop's got, or used to have. I'm yeah. sure they're still there. But. Oh, they're, they're still That's <laughs> why you haven't seen anybody talking about it. I know, it. right? It's, yeah, yeah. Dunlop still holds fish. You just need something to get them. To get yeah. to them, yeah. Yeah. I've been, yeah, I've been hearing about it, man. So, but yeah, man, personal best all this far. Yeah, and that was, that was like an Arapala scale, but it was, it was a giant fish, man. 
And it was even before, like pre-smartphone days, dude. Like we had a little flip phone. I think Marcus took a picture of it. <laughs> the razor. Yeah, it was, like a, it, was, it was a BlackBerry, I think. Or oh something. shit! Yeah. Step, stepping it up, right? Yeah, high roller. BlackBerry. <laughs> I have that picture somewhere. Um, but it's funny, man. On that exact same spot, I caught that eleven three. We come back the next Saturday, and uh, same spot. And then he's, I think it was a fluke or something like that, like a watermelon just fluke with a little weight on it. He had like a 10-6 the next day. Or not the next day, the very next Saturday, but on the exact same spot. So, That's crazy. But man. yeah, man, that choke, man, I remember putting on just giants, you know. So, yeah, man, I've, I've, I've been fortunate. I've had some uh, a handful of double-digit fish. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun, man. But I got that mountain done. And then shout out to, I think it's called... Uh, Man, I'm trying to. I wanted to plug the place because I wasn't too sure how that that uh you know it's a replica. Obviously, we released that 1084. It was a healthy fish. We it, yeah. swam, it swam away, so I was happy to say that. Um, I think it was called Rustic Reminders, and they're they got a location here in San Antonio, and I think where they actually do all the actual production is I think it's in Marion, Texas. Um, but yeah, man, they did a they did a stellar job on it. Um, it just it looks like my fish, you know. Yeah. It just looks good. They did a real good job on it. But it's a replica. But I was just like, I don't know, man. It's, I don't want it to look like all like plastic or fake. And my wife brought it for my Christmas present. Like, oh damn, that's that's legit. legit. <laughs> yeah, it looked really good, man. And then when I got in there to, we got there to pick it up. It was like they had blue marlin and red, and they do they just do really good work. I don't know if they have an Instagram or any of that stuff, but uh, it's called I think it's called rustic rustic reminders or something like that. Mm. But yeah, they do stellar work, man, for sure. That's what's up. So what's your game plan? coming up this year um well this year uh well here, we're sitting in now in the place I, I just bought a place here falcon last year um so obviously i want to get down to fish falcon a little bit more um just um and then uh, the spot here i kind of want to use it like as a part of for our club you know what i mean our club can use it um and i'm not too sure if i'll rent it out or if i'll airbnb it or you know if it'll just be like a community like within the group of guys that i know that'll stay here so but yeah man be on the lookout for that it's uh the name i'm naming it casa pescador so um it's just uh it's just a little trailer i mean it's it's a great location it's right here right as you enter the county park you know the last trailer yeah, on the left it's like not even a, <laughs> not even a mile to the lawn trail oh, this dude. is a great location yeah <laughs> yeah it's 0.3 miles so um still trying to figure out exactly what we'll do with it um but um you know it's definitely going to be a it's going to be for the fishing community you know what i mean so I hope to bring, you know, even like, you know, like organizations like we helped out, man, like get some vets out here, like get, just well, put I'm, it, put I'm, it to work. I mean, I'm down for that for sure. Yeah, yeah, Honestly. for sure, man. We'll get some people out here. Um, so that's on the radar for 2020. I'll, uh, we got some plans for some remodeling to get the place covered, get a carport built here in the next few months. Um, with business, um, and I'm fortunate enough to say that we're kind of, we're leveling off our business, you know, this year so. Uh, not to say that we don't want new work or new clients, but we're just not in growth mode anymore, which after 15 years, you know what I mean? And, I, and it's, you know, that's, people have their own take on business. Like if you're not growing, you're dying. Like, eh, you know, you have, I have my own ideas about that. So, but yeah, man, just really just to just enjoy business and kind of level it off and just concentrate a little bit more on, on fishing and, and, and just trying to see what else is out in, in, in the fishing world, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'd love to fish some bigger tournaments and stuff. But, you know, running a small business for the last 15 years, I mean, a lot of people ask me, you know, I don't fish bigger tournaments or try to get on some bigger trails and stuff like that. And and I'd like to, but, you know, um, my kids are a little bit older now. I got a 10-year-old little girl and my son's 15. So hopefully he leave me some, like, 
I don't know, some freedom to try some 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 different stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so and just really fish, man. Just keep going with the club. You know what I mean? Like some of the bigger stuff sounds fun, but man, I really enjoy fishing with our club. It's just right. it's a really good time. Like the group of guys that's in there and the competitive and it's competitive too. Like people are like, ah, oh, it's a little basketball fishing stuff. Man, some of the guys that we fish with they're pretty competitive anglers. Yeah. You know I mean, and like some t- some guys take it super serious. Oh yeah. And there's some guys that are like, I'm just gonna go out and fish. Sure. Yeah. yeah exactly. And that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's it's definitely a good mix, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on, dude. I appreciate you taking me to Falcon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. First timer, dude. <laughs> yeah, first timer at Falcon. Well, hopefully yeah. we'll get on a better tomorrow, dude, and yeah. and show you yeah. what Falcon fish feel like. <laughs> so how can everybody get a hold of you though? Um, Instagram, well, yeah, like so. My uh, we have a my business name again is A Screen Graphics. Uh, we have an Instagram and we have a uh, uh, a Facebook as well. Um, I have a personal Facebook, I don't have like a personal Instagram or whatever. Yeah, man, find me on Instagram through my business if you're looking for custom printed apparel. Um, or if you just want to reach out and say, hey, like, yeah, it's my Givada at Facebook. I don't know, right. <laughs> I don't know what my handle is. <laughs> Just look for look for the guy with all the big fish in his pictures. Oh, <laughs> come on. Uh, oh, speaking of the meeting, though, that that was hilarious. Like, what 10-pounder you want me to talk about? Oh, yeah. That, that was funny, dude. That was funny. Yeah, exactly. Was yeah, it was a good time, man. Well, well yeah. Definitely. I enjoy definitely. being on, man. Definitely. Appreciate it, dude. I've been, it's been what, a couple months now? Yeah. Three, talk, four months? I'm glad for a while, man. So right. I'm glad to finally do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to fish, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I pre- It's a trade, right? Yes, sir. So... Anyways, thanks everybody for listening. Um, stay tuned to the next one, uh, the fish series uh, that's going to kick off. Uh, next tournament's going to be January 11th. Um, I'll do it instead of driving because I was driving at that time. I'll just do it before I leave the lake. That way, it's a little better sound quality either that or when I get home. But uh, I'm happy to do it for you guys. I'm happy to break down a lake. Um, it's going to be kind of cool. Actually, uh, John McGee gave me that idea. Okay, cool. To do so, uh, I might have John on too. Yeah, talk I have about John that on. some more. So anyways, y'all, take care. Have a good night. Thanks for listening again.